Hi everyone, welcome to the Heads or Tails podcast hosted by myself, Matt McClory. Well, I'm so excited about today's season finale episode. I have a very special guest, probably the most special guest, and I'm talking about none other than my beautiful wife, Jill. Um, man, we had so much fun doing this. We just interviewed each other and talked a little bit about our journey. And I really pray that this episode blesses you um, with our story, but also give you encouragement for your story and your life as well. Much love. All right. Well, really excited <laughs> about this. This uh, <laughs> we're already. This is already going to be funny. Um, Welcome to the season finale of Heads or Tails, and we left the very best till the end. Um, I'm really excited about today's episode. I got my beautiful wife. My your microphone's so close to your mouth. Well, it needs to be. That's weird. <laughs> well, it's for audio quality. Okay. Um, my beautiful, better half. Um, been married 16 years, and... Uh, she is my, my rock, my love and my wife and I love you, babe. I'm glad your you're wife or your life, your rock, your love and your wife or your rock, your love and your life. Yeah. All those things, <laughs> all those things. Um, welcome to the pod, babe. Thanks, babe. <laughs> I'd be in your pod anytime. <laughs> so glad you're on the pod. Um. Yeah. So this is this is by popular demand. Like everyone wanted wanted us to do this, and just so everyone knows, we didn't. Um. We we declined an interviewer, um. Or I declined an interviewer because I thought this would be more fun. <laughs> I thought it'd just get too serious if like someone was actually trying to interview us. So um. So we're gonna go for it today. We're just gonna talk about a little bit about our journey, um. How we met, um. What we were doing before Colonial Church, um. And so if you don't know us, this will uh, maybe help you get to know us a little bit more. If you come to our church, but you don't know much about our background, uh, this is for you as well. But I'm excited because you're going to learn a lot from my wife, who's, uh, let's be honest, she's the, the secret Stop source it. in this deal. Stop. Um, let's be honest, she's the one that brings all the, the heavy revy. That's so, enough. Um, all right, so I got <laughs> some questions here. heavy <laughs> It's very Australian. Um yeah. All right, so the first question we got here is how did we meet and start dating, get engaged, married, that kind of thing? So how, how did we meet? Why don't you, why don't you tell well, the story? it was a sunny winter day. It was, was cold. In Australia. Um, we met in Bondi Beach at what is still, I would say, our favorite cafe on planet Earth. In the world. Um, called Le Paris Go on Hall Street. It's still there. Um, I walked in with my friend Natasha, Tash, Cutluso, <laughs> and um, we walked in to have breakfast with Tasha's friends, which were our friend Joel and Maddie. And I remember he was wearing, I remember what you were wearing. <laughs> of course I do. It's a <laughs> mossy green Ralph Lauren sweater, jumper. Yep. And uh, he had a shaved head and he had the most beautiful green eyes. And I was like, okay. Um, yeah. And we had breakfast together. And then we sort of spent the rest of the day together. Yes, we did. 
<laughs> we went skateboarding to check the surf. We went surfing. Uh, and then we went to the rugby. Australia versus South Africa. It was a pretty great day. It was it was amazing because it in one 24-hour period, we ticked off so many boxes. For me, that was just... Like for you, it was just like... It was like a tourism thing. You're, like, <laughs> you're getting to see the beach in Australia. You're getting to go to like a local awesome. football game, whatever. But for me, I'm just like, man, I, I'm like, this girl is actually... She really wants to go do these things. And um, so there was a lot of confirmation. And then we went to church the next hours. day. And and that's the confirmation I needed. <laughs> yeah. And then we went to church the next day. But that was like, that was just what, what we did. So I, I wasn't, that wasn't any confirmation for me. Um, but yeah, we went to church and then you left the next day. And then yep. he asked me for my number in a black moleskin journal. He's like, can you write down your email and your phone number? While we were sitting number? in church, I think, right? While we were at church. Yeah. Not paying attention. <laughs> and for my MSN messenger chat, <laughs> that's how we communicated basically for yeah. two months. And then you left. I left. I got to LA. This is crazy. And Matt Matt is known as Stealth by all of his Aussie friends. And I got to LA and it was I was leaving my friend... Um, Andrea I, I was staying with she's an, she was an amazing woman and uh, we drove out of the airport and we're chatting and as we're driving out of the airport there's billboards all along um, the LA like parkway out of the air, airport and I was staying with her there and every billboard was for that new movie called Stealth and I was just like what the heck I it was like God drops like five billboards to get to give me a literal sign Gosh. and then he called me when I got back to her house and then he called me every single day for the next like two and a half, three months until I moved back. Yep. Crazy. It was definitely a strong, strong move. Hmm. And and I, it, was, it was strange too because I'd never really ever been like that towards anyone. Like I, I was so I was such a I don't want to say selfish, but I kind of was. I just was living my life, doing my thing, and you know. And then all of a sudden, I was just like every day, I just wanted to to call you and so I was oblivious though for that yeah. for that time I just thought I remember telling my friends like Aussies are like so nice I'm like he's just so like he's so nice I just thought he was just being really super nice. friendly like we just couldn't like great friendship developing <laughs> I just didn't I think I didn't want to go there in my head that it was more than that because I didn't want to be disappointed oh, so you I was just totally, like oh he's just so nice you're totally playing it cool um <laughs> But yeah, I just, and then we just started like talking every day and emails and, and then basically what happened was you went back to, to Nashville and then you got a few more confirmations that this was sort of like something that you needed to pursue, which is really cool. But I basically said to you, I was just like, just come back to Australia. You'll be right. And everything will work (laughs) out. And I, and I literally was just like, just, just book flights and we'll figure everything out. I think I even said, I'll help out. I'll help pay for any rent. <laughs> you <laughs> sure had. did. Um, Cause I had, you know, I was living by myself and I had a good job and I'd, you know, spare money and um, yeah. And then, then you actually I did. You did. I did it. And that's just, that's again, just crazy stuff. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. I think that the word for that for somebody probably is 
that whoever God has for you, it doesn't matter if they're on the other side of the world in another hemisphere or in another country, if you're mm. just obedient with little steps, God will get you to the place you need to be for the person he has for you to meet. Um, cause if I think back, there's no way I couldn't, I couldn't have planned that. If I was out searching for that, it wouldn't have been the same. I just, you know, I just happened to be there and God did something in the place that I happened to be in that he had actually set me in yeah. that set my, my whole life up. Um, yeah for the best life I could have imagined and I'm sure babe for you the best life you could have imagined too <laughs> best life ever best life ever um and probably the word on my side of the the coin for anyone listening to this is don't be don't be scared to take the faith step I still remember just being so like not unsure but just a little bit like am I being crazy here asking this girl to come back to Australia? Am I being crazy here? Like, you know, um, but you know, I know I'd prayed the prayer for the person that God would have for me. And I know that he was, you know, faithful. So if you're listening to this, you're a young guy and there's someone in your world that you feel like God's saying, that's, that's someone that you need to take out for a coffee or reach out to just don't, don't not take those steps. Cause you never want to, or at least I didn't. I didn't want to die wondering. I wanted to to see if this was the real deal. You had also been praying for your wife, though, which I think is key in that. Yes. You've been praying for the person that God was going to send you. So then when you felt like this could be something, taking the faith step was also in line with the things that you had been praying, which is like Huge. that holds so much weight in that whole scenario. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So good. So that that's how it started for us. And, and then we got engaged and we've been married now 16 years. We have four beautiful children, one in heaven, um, three that we're raising here on earth, and we're just really blessed. And so, so that's our life. We've got a full life, and we're in love, and and our marriage, um, you know, is one of the one of the things that I'm most proud of. Um, but you know, just like anything, if you want to have a great marriage, it's going to take work. It's going to take um, it's going to take investment, and it's going to take time. And, um, and I think that's one thing that we've decided is we're not going to be unhappily married. We're going to be happily married. <laughs> and so I would say though, just on that, we've, we worked for that. We've worked for a happy marriage. I think we're always happy, but we've had a lot of high highs and a lot of low lows. Yeah. And I think we've, we've learned through just seasons of life that we couldn't control circumstances that were out of our control but also growing together, um, learning each other's personalities and likes and dislikes and how to love each other well. It's not like that just happened to us accidentally. I think we've worked really hard to learn to love each other better and to grow. And there's been really hard seasons of being married and there's been really great seasons of being married. And I think just sticking it out, honestly, plays such a big role in being happily married is just choosing to choosing to keep growing and getting better. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. And keeping a soft heart. Absolutely. I think one of the things that we've both come around to is that um, saying sorry. Which Maddie's a lot better at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you said that. Um, but just keeping a soft heart. Like I know that that's my leadership role is to keep a soft heart and, and to... To, to lead you in that way but I know too that when I do that that you always respond as well mm -hmm. which is really cool that um, I can soften you up 
<laughs> it's a good really? thing we didn't like have a big fight this morning before this. That would have made this conversation a lot different. <laughs> yeah, true. We'd have to. So be you, blessed. You would have had to have <clears throat> said sorry beforehand. It's true. Um, or you would have. All right. So <laughs> moving on. Um, next question we've got here is what were you doing before ministry? Someone uh, gave us this question. Uh, and we do get this question actually a bit for people that are new to our church or don't, you know, don't know sort of our background. Some people obviously would rightly assume that we've just been doing this forever, but that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we actually, before we planned a colonial church, never saw ourselves doing full-time vocational ministry really at all. Um, so before we did this, just after Jill and I met and got married, um, I had one job in, uh, in the recruitment industry in Australia and I, and I love that job and I really learned a lot and it was awesome and it provided, God provided for us through that. But um, my dream job was to work uh, on a trading desk in, the f- in a stockbroking firm. And just after we got married, um, it was wild, got the opportunity and took a little bit of a pay cut at the time and stepped into it. And that was just like such a cool, cool journey. But for pretty much 15 years before we plan a colonial church. I worked in the financial industry and that was, that was our life. So I, I did that and we went to church uh, and Jill was very, very involved at our church in Sydney at Hillsong church, man, worship leading, working in the college. She volunteered as a, as a lecturer at the college, um, leading worship on Sunday, multiple tours with, with different parts of the church that did had worship stuff going on, so United and then Hillsong worship, um, so that was our life. It was it was pretty crazy, but we were pretty sure about it too. That was definitely what I felt like we were supposed to do, and I loved it. Loved what I did for work, and Jill got to to do that stuff, and then it also was great because you got to sort of not have to work um, in a in an office job or anything like that, which you did when we were mm-hmm. dating. Yeah, interestingly, and when we were married. Interestingly, this is not the first time we've worked together in an office. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I used to be like the office manager for his recruitment. You were the boss lady. I was the boss lady. And it's funny because I didn't, it was nothing I like loved to do. It was like accounting and like things like that. that. But like, but it's just, it's interesting because thinking back on it now, now we have like a lot of younger people in our world and I just look at that and I and I remember being like this is not what I want to do but if I'm going to do it I'm going to like I'm going to be the best that ever did it you know what I mean that mentality of like it's really cool when you're not doing necessarily what you hope to do but you do it with all of your heart then you walk away from it feeling like that was cool like I don't maybe want to do that again but that was awesome that I got to learn all those things while I was doing it and I gave it my all I think that's really good for you know if you're young now and you're working somewhere that you maybe don't see yourself working for the rest of your life, be the best person that ever did that job, do it to the very best of your ability. And then you'll walk away from it one day and you'll be like, man, I actually learned a lot in that season. And I feel really good about how I left it. Yeah. Um, I was really happy to leave it, <laughs> work in a cafe for a little while, wrote yep. songs for a little while. Yep. It's, yeah. And I think, I think too, like we also, we all, we always knew that was not like the long term plan. Right. It was just for that season, but yeah, yeah you, you definitely embraced it. I think we got the best out of it because we knew that, that we would go to work together on those totally. days. 
and we got to have lunch together and it was it was it was a really sweet season yeah. but you know those seasons right. don't last forever and um so yeah that's what we used to do and uh then we transitioned um next question was when did you feel like god called you to plant a church um this is a really good question because i would honestly say that it wasn't until maybe a couple of years before we actually planted colonial to do I think that we actually, did I actually feel called to do that? Mm. Um, I would say we felt led to do ministry. I felt led to do ministry in some way with like the two of us together. Mm. But I didn't think it was necessarily going to be a church. Yeah, I think God was just stirring something in our hearts for St. Augustine. Yeah. A long time before that, but I don't, we never saw it being a church. I think we just were like, wanted to be a part of, whatever God wanted to do here and had something in our heart for the city. But yeah, I don't think we ever saw it being like, Hey, let's plant a church more yeah. the opposite. I think we're like, we'll just do what we do and support whoever is going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we were never church planters. Yeah. Were but we? we wanted to support church planters. Like yeah. I feel like we had a heart to build the church, but to be the people that were kind of like on the outside cheering people on, yeah. But it's wild because that drastically changed once we just, it started with us just opening our home and going, let's have a Bible study and we'll just, let's just love people. Mm. And then that's, I think, I think you knew before that, that's where we were going. I think I was finding out in the middle of it, that's where we were going. Um, just naturally as God brought people and we saw need, I think God shaped my heart to want to do that before that I was like, I never want to work at a church. I just want to like volunteer. Yep. I don't ever want to get a paycheck. I just want to volunteer. Yeah. What was it like for you? Um, I, I as well, I didn't really want to work for a church just because I had so many friends that did work for churches and I sort of saw what they were doing and thought that wasn't really what I was supposed to do. But this was different because you know, I, I, I didn't know that we would even end up working for the church. I thought we'd just start it and, you know, I'd just keep doing Wall Street for for a little <laughs> while and whatever. I guess I was a bit naive, but... And then, yeah, then it just kind of evolved. But I think that's the way God works is a step-by-step and you just kind of take it one one season at a time. Right. It's, it's such a good thought because you don't have to have all the answers to where you're going when you start being obedient I think that's the point, isn't it? Is you just are obedient yep. in the little in the little steps and the little promptings and the Holy Spirit's leading you and you just say yes. And all of a sudden you're like, well, I thought I wanted to do this thing, but now God has shifted my heart in the process of obedience to, to fully want to do this other thing now. And it's not like you're sacrificing the thing that you thought you couldn't walk away from. God has just shifted your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would say though, like just to, try to distill this even more i think we've always been called to love god and serve him absolutely just that's been that's our calling but our assignment was this for this season and and this time and Mm. and is right now and so and and we 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 were anointed for it and so yeah um but i just love that about our life even since like we met when i was 21 i'm 39 now We've always felt called to love God and serve him. Totally. It didn't matter if we were in the back row or the front row or on the platform or, yeah. you know. I remember when we used to used to lead worship at church and I would be, 
I, I remember doing two things on Sundays. I remember drive, obviously driving us there, but I remember I would always take your guitar in, get your guitar <laughs> out, put it on the stand for you, and then I'd go and then I'd either be be somewhere else or when we had Maisie, I'd be in the mother's room mm. holding Maisie during rehearsal and then in, in church and whatnot. And then I'd put your guitar back in the guitar case and put it back <laughs> in our car and drive us home. And it was like that was how I was called to serve God in that season. Yeah. And I, I think like no matter what, you're like we're always called to just love and serve God, but the assignment changes. Yeah. I remember thinking like with your job, Wall Street job, I was like, this is amazing. You can be successful in that work and we get to build a church financially. We get to have this hand in building God's kingdom and this is our assignment. And this is our role. And it was so exciting to be able to be generous in that way. And now being on the other side of that and kind of like being out of that finance world and being in a different financial situation, I'm just so thankful for the people who are in business, who are building God's kingdom in that way. And then thinking about people who have time capacity and can show up at church and their ability in, in this season is to give this exponential time. And you start looking around and you see how, incredibly beautiful and valuable it is that everybody's in different seasons but yeah. still called to love and serve God and you might be you know doing that from a place of business or doing that from um, a place of time or you might be doing that on staff at church or like there's a million different ways but it's all it all is so important you can't have one without the other um, and that's the beauty of the church is we all have different parts to play so good. All right. Um, what was it like moving to St. Augustine, leaving your life in Australia? Um, it was exciting, difficult, um, but also it was it was a joy-filled time. I think that we, we definitely had a few stops along the way before we got to St. Augustine, but we always, I think deep down, we always knew that was where we were going to be. I think that was always the goal. It just getting there was always just so hard, like figuring that out so we're in atlanta for a year which was awesome um in terms of the church we're a part of passion city church we love uh louis and shelly and brad and Brittany and all that crew we love those guys um but we just didn't really like atlanta did we oh we liked atlanta there just was no ocean but also more yeah. than that we would have stayed in atlanta forever we just felt like god was moving us like it felt like he was saying this isn't where you're staying. This is where I've placed you, but this isn't where I've yeah. called you to stay. Yeah, that's it. I, I liked Atlanta. I just couldn't figure out where to jump in the water. <laughs> Which, yeah, the lake didn't have enough. Uh, oh enough, my gosh. Uh, the uh, lake's beautiful. We just didn't know how to get to the right spot. Anyways. Yeah, so we then we went to New York City. And the reason we went to New York and we lived in Brooklyn was because my uh, my, my job was asking me, not really asking actually, they were kind of just saying you need to, to be based in in new york so we went up there and um lived there and really were a part of kind of the new york grind for a year and a half and man i i had a dream early on in my life to to want to go to new york and like do the whole wall street thing and then honestly uh, i just got there and i got so deflated by that because the reality of it was so different to what i thought it was <laughs> And um, so that the the novelty of that wore off quickly for us. We also had Maisie and Jack, as, and they were little, and so it was just. It, Jack it was, was like four months old when we moved. Yeah, Maisie was three. Yeah, and we lived in a one bedroom apartment. And it was so expensive. And it was so expensive. So shout it was out to fun. All, all our New York. We friends. had fun. 
Um, we made the most of we, it for sure. We definitely did. We we made the most of it. I found water. I drove to the beach. Yep. Every day possible. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think we we got to experience the city life and 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 have that there. And we had great friends. We had good times in New York. Yeah, we, we made some good friends there, and and a lot of them are, are elsewhere now. So. That's kind of the way New York is. And so there, yeah, and then we ended up moving to St. Augustine, which was like literally coming to the promised land in every way. Um, <laughs> so now I think, you know, we don't miss Atlanta or New York, you know, like we miss Australia. Uh, Australia is definitely kind of my home uh, where, I've, where I've come from and I miss it and all that sort of stuff. But I definitely feel like, and we definitely feel like St. Augustine is truly our home now. Um our kids are in school. We're close to Jill's family. Like so many um, prayers have been answered um, being here and then just seeing what God's doing with the church has just been awesome. So yeah, leaving life in Australia was, was, was tough. Um, but, uh, but I'd say that, um, you know, God has supplied all along the way. So mm. it's been good. Um, talk about those early church plant days. What was the best part and what was the not so fun part? Oh, one of my highlights for sure, was having leadership hangs at our house and having everybody over. It started out with like 10 or 12. what that was. Leadership hangs was like, basically what started as our Bible study when we were like, I think we feel like God is calling us to plant a church. Once we kind of made that um, known, then we kind of called it leadership hangs. We wanted to so into people's lives to build um, a leadership team to be able to do what we felt like God was calling us to do. So I think it was, was it Tuesdays at first? And then we moved it to Sunday mornings. It was started out with like 10 or 12 people. Then it was like 20, then it was 30, 35, then it was 40. And then there was kids everywhere. And we were just like, it was mayhem, but it was so much fun. We'd always eat together um, and just hang. We'd wheel I mean, there was cars parked around all our block, our four neighbors. We'd wheel the piano out into the middle of the living room and just grab an acoustic guitar and we'd worship together and then we'd have a message. It was just so special. Mm. Um, Gosh, Charlie was born. We started doing Bible studies in July. Charlie was born August 8th in the middle of that. So it was like a newborn, a one-year-old, a four-year-old. Yep. It was just, it was mental, but it was the best memories. So good. I was just talking to somebody yesterday about that, actually, how like having small children in that season, um, having small children in other seasons felt harder than having three small children in a season we were planning a church because we had so much community around us and such a family Mm. um, and being a part of building God's house. It just made that season so sweet. It was wild. Yeah, so I think the best part was the just the community feel and just the pioneering feel and just seeing like kind of that newness of life form. Mm. And then uh, the not so best part, like honestly, there weren't really that many negatives about it. It was probably the only thing that was negative was just like a house sort of had like a hundred people through it on a Sunday, uh, and a lot of time during the week. So our house took a little bit of a beating, but. <laughs> But honestly, there were really it. not a lot of negatives. It was just, it was just, no. it was fun, and uh, there was there was no pressure. Um, I think church planters some kind sometimes can feel a lot of pressure to get to a certain point, 
And we never had that. And I would, you know, just my word to anyone that's in that season is just take that pressure away, like remove it. Don't, don't work to man's timelines, work to God's and let him, let him shape it. Um, and that's something unique though about that for you is that you were still working on wall street. Yeah. So you we had the bonus of you having a job full time, Yeah. which was also a, one of the hard things about when we started was you were working two full-time jobs essentially starting the church and working on wall street. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, that was definitely, definitely tricky. Uh, and I've talked about that before, uh, I think with, with the interview I did with Chris on the Mm. podcast, but it was, it was just a balance, but it was also, there was a grace on it for that season. So Mm. yeah. Um, so yeah, church church playing days was fun. Definitely, (laughs) definitely different. Definitely fun. But it was so cool seeing everybody like when we would show up to set up, like when we first started at the pumpkin church, we'd be bringing like chairs from our living rooms and rugs from our houses and plants from our houses. And we would just try to make it feel like home Yeah, because we wanted it to feel like the living room at our house. And we didn't want anybody to miss that. Like, yeah, welcome to our living room feel. Yeah. It was so fun. You just see people rock up with like furniture from their house in the back of their car. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a good time. And, and we're just still today are trying to keep that kind of yeah family sure. feel. Welcome um, to the living room. Yep. Kind of thing. So awesome. And then final question is what would you say to someone who feels like God is calling them to something big, but is maybe hesitant or a little scared to step out? Mm, I would say just be obedient with every little step. When you try to make your own pathway of how you're going to get to where God's calling you, I feel like that's when you get stressed out and messed up. Um, And you try to open doors that God hasn't opened yet. And so I would just say be obedient. Do things that you feel like God is saying to do. Get wisdom from mentors and people that are further on the journey around you. Make sure you're praying, you're learning how to hear from the Holy Spirit and what he says lines up with his word. If you do all of those things that are just a part of living a a healthy, full, exciting God life, then the obedience leads you to where he wants you to be. I think often we can try to get to where he wants us to be without all of the little steps that show us how that actually works. But really... um, taking big steps of faith starts with taking little steps of obedience. And then you look back and you're like, wow, God said to do that. And it didn't make a lot of sense to me at the time, but I trusted him and I was obedient with it. And if I wouldn't have done that, I would have never gotten to where I am right now. And you don't, you can't like craft a story for yourself like that. You just have to trust God and be obedient with the little things. And, um, I'm 100% certain that he'll blow you away with where you end up standing in the future. When you're looking back, you'll be like, wow, I never saw Mm. myself getting to this point, but man, I'm glad I was obedient to what God said. Yeah. That's really good. Big steps of faith sometimes look like little steps of obedience. That's really good. I think our our story is, is that story too. Like we Mm, would never have thought that we would be here today doing what we're doing. If it wasn't for those, I think little steps of obedience Mm. along the way that have led led to where we need to get to. I, I would also add to that my my only addition would be submit your dream to the Lord and let him be the one that decides what that is. Because I know the dream that was in my heart at 20, mm. um, I'm so glad that I submitted that to him because I think if I didn't, 
I, I wouldn't be here today. Right. You know, and I think that we, we we're testimony to, to just submitting that dream to, to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was all about us and all about me. We'd still be in Australia. Totally. You know, still be kind of grinding it out down there and trying to climb whatever ladder. But we just, you know, took it at another step, you know, and here we are today. And like we've said so many times, our life is so much richer because God's blessed it mm-hmm. and he's given us what we have. Yeah. I mean, I think we both stood with what we thought were our greatest dreams in our hands. And we we had the chance to look at that and go, I just want what God wants. And these things that I thought were going to be the ultimate for me, actually, I don't think this is what's going to make my heart the most fulfilled. Mm. And then we started trusting God to show us what that was. And so, you know, it's just amazing how he actually knows what you want. You might not stand with the biggest dreams in your hands and get to see what it looks like and then lay them down. You might just have to trust that if you're obedient to him, he'll show you what's going to fulfill your heart in the greatest way. Um, I just know that he's... He can see. He can see what's in you. He can see what your heart needs. Um, he can see where you're going to be the most fulfilled. He can see what really, truly will make you happy and will bring joy to your life. And it's going to be a life with him. It's not going to be all of the, you know, we can line up success stories in our mind of what we think it's going to look like to be full of joy. But full of joy actually looks like just trusting God and walking with him. Um, it's not man's kind of joy, you know, it's the things he's going to put in your heart on the way to where he's taking you. You're going to get to the end and you're going to be like, wow, I couldn't have even dreamed this up. I would have never put myself here and yet nothing could make me happier. And that's a really, really beautiful place to get to. Sure is. Awesome. (laughs) Great job, babe. You you really brought it home. Thanks, darling. Um, Thanks for coming on the pod. Love the pod. Will you come back? Oh, yeah. I'll pot it up any day, babe. <laughs> All right. Love you. See ya. Love you. Are we saying love you to the people or am I saying I love you to We you? love them too. Okay. I well, love you guys, but I love you, babe. You're awesome. <laughs> and that's a wrap on season three of my leadership podcast, Heads or Tails. Thank you so much for joining us this season hey i'd love it if you could do me a favor could you take a minute and share this podcast with a friend um, and also rate it and let us know um, questions that you want us to answer in season four things that you'd like to hear about um, uh, things about leadership that you're interested in please let us know we'd love to hear from you check out the links in the episode description and until next season remember god has called you to be the head and not the tail much love